Okay, Larry, it's time for the theme song. If you like to talk to tomatoes, yeah. if a squash can make you smile, if you like to waltz with potatoes, up and down the produce aisle. Have we got a show for you? Broccoli, celery, gotta be veggie tails, llama beans, collard greens, peachy king. Hello everyone, welcome to Where's Pod When I'm Scared, a podcast where everyone gets to be a princess. I'm Ashley, I'm Princess Ashley, and I'm here with Princess Luke. Thank, thank you. I had a funny idea for how you should introduce it, and I've already forgotten what it was, so never mind, I guess. That's great. <laughs> What if we just... Ins- All right. Actually, I've got a great idea. Yeah. How about we stop trying with this and we just describe how it would be funny if we did it good for an hour? All right. Well, we should uh, also induce our guest, uh, Princess Maxie, into this so she can help with that. Uh, I don't want to be a princess. I want to be a communist revolutionary. Damn. <laughs> All right. But my cousin said he has to be a princess anyway, so... <laughs> Uh, anyway, yeah. Welcome back, Maxie, our first returning guest. God help me. <laughs> uh, we have Funnily already... enough, there is no God here. <laughs> <laughs> we have uh, already rudely asked you about your history with God. People can go back to, what was it, I think episode four, if they want to hear that. I mean, I can give the Notes version again. Yeah, sure, why not? Grew up Catholic, uh, Gnostic Satanism in college, converted to Judaism a couple years back. Alrighty, yeah, Uh, and while we were talking last time, uh, I remember you, you know, you were talking about how, like, it's kind of weird how Christianity just kind of takes a whole bunch of stuff from Judaism as its own, and the specific example you pulled was the story of Esther. Yeah. And then they did an Esther episode, I'm like, well, I should see if Maxie wants to come back. (laughs) I appreciate that. So, the story of Esther... I should say, I was thinking about it earlier, I don't think it's completely inapplicable to a non-Jewish context. Mm-hmm. I think there are instances where, depending on you know, the time and place, depending on a lot of factors like ethnicity, depending on like the sect or uh, branch of a given religion you might be in, um, depending on what the dominant religion is, there could be circumstances where, you know, somebody in a non-Jewish religion can relate to the story of Esther. Sure. That being said, I think two things are worth noting. One, the fact that it is specifically about someone in a position of power using the Jewish people as a scapegoat in order to better maintain that position of power and get rid of a perceived threat. That is that is something that defines the history of the Jewish people, especially in Europe, under right. Christendom, as it were. Yeah. Um, so, regardless of whether it can apply, I think it has a very different context. And the second thing I want to say is that in the context that I think VeggieTales is in, which is... Almost exclusively American, vaguely Protestant, and n- not 
not generally attempting to touch uh, issues of race or ethnicity or class if it can avoid it. Um, right. I don't think it's particularly applicable. So it's a really weird one. Yeah, yeah. You messaged me as you were watching. You said, you know, hey, I'm early in, but so far, I think this is pretty good. Uh, and I will say, I think for what it is, which yeah. is a VeggieTales adaptation of... I, I do want to say I'm not an expert, but from my sure. perspective, I would argue that um, the Book of Esther is one of, if not the most specifically Jewish story from mm-hmm. Abrahamic mythology. Um, for what it is, which is a VeggieTales adaptation of that, I think they did a really fucking good job, actually. All right, all right. Actually, I got the sense you were uh, you were kind of lukewarm on this one. Uh, yeah, I would say I'm actually warm on it. <laughs> That's an awful right, joke, well, and you're an uh, awful person. <laughs> thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, yeah. I'm going to head to bed now. Yeah, great. Yeah, that's fair. See ya. Uh, well, yeah, we don't really have much preamble to get to here. You want to just dive on in? Um, yeah, because I have a question. Yeah. Who the fuck is narrating this? <laughs> okay, I swear to God. L- Halfway through, I was like, oh, it, it's got to be Larry, right? Because he's the scribe, and the joke is going to be, oh, it's Larry doing a voice. Wasn't Larry doing a voice? Never gets no. explained. They are, okay. They had an idea at some point while writing this episode. They said, ooh, what if we reimagined the story of Esther as like a mafia movie? And they're like, okay, okay. What, what kind of ways can we turn into a mafia movie? Well, for one... We can have a guy with, like, a New York accent being like, Hey, I'm Esther here! And he'll be the narrator. They're like, okay, okay, yeah, 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 what else? Alright, well, the king can have, like, a pinstripe suit, like a mafia guy. Okay, no, that's great, we're on fire. What's idea number three? Idea number three! Oh, you wanted... You wanted three of them. Uh, well... The, um, uh... <laughs> idea number three, that's always the tricky one, huh? And they just never got to idea number three. <laughs> And, like, the idea of, like, place it in a city didn't happen. Like, oh, we can have Mr. Lutz say the word respect once in a song. It's, yeah, it's weird. Part of me wondered if they were going for, like, a Casablanca kind of thing. But I think that's just, like, the vague mobster movie things, plus the fact that it's in a desert. Yeah, Casablanca mm-hmm. doesn't have a narrator. Like, it, it feels very much like they're trying to do, like... Of, uh, it's a general, like, kind of... Vaguely noir, vaguely, like, Goodfellas kind of pastiche, but... Yeah, it feels it doesn't like they're going for really... Goodfellas or, like, The Godfather or something, except they're not, even slightly. If somebody described several movies to you that yeah. were about the Mafia, and you, like, a week later had to figure out a way to work those into a script for VeggieTales. Right. But nobody else realized that you were doing that, so most of it sort of just fell out in revisions, but not all the way. I think yes. that's kind of how you'd end up here. That that sounds about right. It's, yeah, like, it's strange. Judging from how Phil Fisher and the other writers of the show will be like, yeah, that was a blank reference. I can totally see that, like, this was going to be more Casablanca intensive. Yeah, like when 
like they do the the chocolate factory and it's like oh yeah that song at the end we're inspired by uh goody two shoes by adam ant it's like yeah fucking sure <laughs> uh, yeah like okay yeah i can see how that was like a whisper of an idea you had at some point along the line i guess i guess this sounds like a bad adam ant song if you want to get into it Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but it opens up on, like, just a shot of uh, this palace. Do they ever say where this is? Yeah, they do. They say it's Persia. Yeah. Uh, and we're getting this whole, like, opening monologue about, how, like, yeah, some people, they, uh, they're they born into power, greatness, and some people, they have it thrust upon them. I'll let you be the judge what kind of story this one is. <sighs> And it opens with Mr. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. It's so weird. It's so fucking weird. So <laughs> I, I do, I do want to say, there's parts of this which are weird, specifically because the Book of Esther is kind of farcical in uh-huh. a lot of ways. Uh-huh. Um, I did read the Book of Esther in preparation for this. It's not super long. Yeah, uh, some of this shit is like actually really faithful. Yeah, they, yeah, which I'll say, some of the plot in the Book of Esther is a little hard to follow, so it's a little hard to judge them too harshly for some of it. I mean, a lot of it is just, like I said, it's very farcical, a lot of it is just like, shit happens, you get from point A to point B, there's a joke, or there's, uh, you know, some irony, Right. moves along, moves along until you get to the end, everybody's happy. Um, I'm, Everybody's I'm, happy except the people that are impaled on spikes, you know. As they should be, because they right. tried to impale everybody else hey, on spikes, I, you know. I, no judgment, I'm just saying. <laughs> sure, sure. No, no, they got they got eternally tickled, Luke. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Mr. Lunt is going to uh, the bedroom of the queen uh, to let her know that King Xerxes wants uh, her to make him a sandwich. And uh, she just tells him that it's the middle of the night. He can make his own damn sandwich. And then smash cut to her being thrown out on her ass with a suitcase. Yeah. It's like, well, you know what happens with people who uh, disagree with the, you know, the king. Yeah. She's like, well, I'm his wife, so. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, just boop. <laughs> Which, like Maxie was saying, like, this is, that's, this is more or less how the story of Esther starts. It's not exactly this, but it's close. Uh, and then we just get a big title card. Big Idea Productions presents Esther, the girl who became queen. I this just, is like... Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, I just realized that it's Big Idea presents and not VeggieTales presents like the Christmas story is. Yeah, I was about to say that this is like when Jim Henson would do like a separate story that wasn't Muppet-based, but Kermit showed up in it. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. I don't think VeggieTales branding shows up in this anywhere. Uh, but yeah, it cuts to like the next day. We're in uh, we're in Persia. There's like a weird subway, but it's not a subway. They're just kind of like I don't know what they're doing. Uh, there is a sign for it though that I do like, which is like uh, what is it? Public transportation. Why wait till AD? <laughs> There's some good jokes in this one. There's some okay jokes. I, I think it is a uh, aqueduct that they're riding in. Oh, is that what it is? Okay, okay. I thought I thought I saw a splash of water for a second. That makes as much sense as anything else. Uh, everyone is dressed in like kind of period appropriate clothes, except for one guy who's just in a business suit. 
Again, very half-assed. <laughs> and we get introduced to Esther. Feel like what maybe- the fuck is Esther <laughs> supposed to be? I looked. I looked it up on the VeggieTales wiki. Yeah. Says she's a leak. Leaks don't look like that. No. Mm-mm. No. She. Uh, she looks like she's supposed to be the same kind of vegetable as George, the like kindly old man who's secretly God. <laughs> Uh, father, Man, we really get into it. <laughs> father of vegetable Phil Vischer. Yeah. Uh, uh, and according to we the, do get a, I, we go ahead. we do get what I believe is a Phil Fisher cameo later. Oh, do we? I might have missed that. It's in the back. There's some stuff in the background that Ooh. has more implications, as yeah, always. Yeah. Uh yeah. So I, I have so many things I need to say about Esther's design. Yeah, one. She does not look like a vegetable. She looks like Gumby, who without his arms. Yeah. Uh, second, she's so shiny. <laughs> she's so shiny. She's just so shiny. She's made out of plastic, which is not helping the Gumby thing. No, and like, they've had girl vegetables before. They have. And, you know, like, they very clearly like, no, this is girl vegetable. Yep. Um, but this one is more so. <laughs> she is the only character in Vegetable uh, in VeggieTales so far to have irises, and that's so upsetting. <laughs> yeah, like, that changes everything about it so much. Like, she doesn't have a realistic human face, but she is way closer to having a realistic human face than a VeggieTale character has any right to. Yes. It's, uh, uh, she's got, like, full lips, she's got irises, eyebrows, you know, eyelashes, because she's girl. Uh, yeah. I feel like she has, like, uh, her waist cinched with a belt in a way that, like, makes her clothes, <laughs> like, bag up in a way that implies a more, like, feminine body figure to this woman who is a stick. <laughs> it's It's so much, so fast, and I... <laughs> Uh, I mm, I don't care to look at Esther much. <laughs> <laughs> I think that may be part of this, is that I just don't like looking at Esther. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, the, the story of Esther is like, oh, she's very beautiful. And I guess they felt the need to make a beautiful vegetable woman. And uh, <laughs> that's not possible. <laughs> or, mm, you be- know what? I'm going to take that back. I'm sure it's possible, and I'm sure DeviantArt could prove me wrong. It wasn't possible for them. Yes. Uh, also, her cousin is Paw Grape. Yeah. Are are leeks like related to grapes? They seem pretty taxonomically gonna... distinct. So later we do see a poster which presumably has Pog sorry, has Mordecai and his family on it, and it does just have like a picture of a bunch of grapes. Yes. What the fuck is going on? I don't know. <laughs> Listen, there was some weird fucking shit uh, in the 80s. And by that, I mean BC 80s. <laughs> That's not the right time period, but fuck it. It was American for the joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> but yeah, so it. There's just so much going on with Esther. So much. Uh, 
Esther has some relatable teen issues that she's talking through with Paw Grape, who uh, is playing the role of Mordecai in this story. Yeah. Uh, see, because her friend stole an apple, and that's wrong, but she's scared <laughs> to tell her friend that stealing is wrong, and she doesn't know what to do. Yeah, you, I've got so many friends stealing apples, Luke. It's just such a common problem. I, I didn't have a listen, friend that's who how stole... it is in high school. I did have a friend in high school who stole Yu-Gi-Oh cards from a books a million, and because I was the fucking worst, <laughs> I did report him. So I guess I do oh, understand Luke. it. I watched shit like VeggieTales as a child. I had that kind of lesson indoctrinated into me. Listen, these days I wouldn't stop someone from stealing Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Listen, where's we the know children's I'm... cartoon here to teach us the most important lesson of all? Stop snitching. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um. In fact, I think, I think Ducktales might do that. <laughs> Great. Uh, but yeah, and Paul Gray was just like, "Listen, Esther, you got you know what's right in your heart. You gotta just tell your friend that stealing is wrong. It's never wrong to do the right thing." That's what God wants you to do. Uh, yeah. But she's still unsure because she's just a relatable teen with relatable teen problems. Because she doesn't have really anything going on until like the last five minutes of this mo- of this, <laughs> this show. Yeah. Uh, and she then... is a blank stick-like canvas. <laughs> <laughs> and then the Flintstones happens. <laughs> because a limo rounds the corner but instead of wheels it's just peas that are like I, I really liked this one actually yeah they're like it, it's peas that are like strapped up to shocks on the in the like wheel wells of the car and they're just hopping it's along it's a living <laughs> it's a it's a living uh Oh no, it's not water, it's just sparks. It's just the fucking... What is happening up there? (laughs) How are they moving like that? No one who hasn't... Anyone who hasn't seen this has no idea what we're talking about. It's just like a trail of peas just like fucking sliding (laughs) along this arch like their Sonic Adventure. Yeah. (laughs) Like they got some soap shoes. They're rolling around also at the speed of sound. Uh Uh-huh. It's basically the L train. Yeah. Uh, and then this is... What... I did, like, a little point at, like, Maxi's uh, Skype icon to be like, right? <laughs> <laughs> Which is not helpful. <laughs> and then this is... Is it Heyman? Is that his name? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Paul Heyman. Yeah. It's, it's Mr. Lunt uh, has driven up, and he's announcing, hey, <clears throat> for reasons that don't matter... The king needs a new queen, so if uh, you're like a seven or higher, hop in this uh, wagon I got in the back of my limo. We'll take a six if you're like, if you meet these other criteria. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, all the women in the street just are piling into this uh, trailer. And as you're just yeah, like, it's like uh, as, no. Yeah, as you're just like, oh, no thanks, I'm not gonna. I, I, I kind of yeah, I to. gotta go tell my friend that she shouldn't have stolen an apple. Yeah, I got my own stuff going on. Uh, and they're like, "No, I don't think you understand that that was not <laughs> right." Uh, meanwhile, Mordecai Paw Grape is uh, hiding because uh, Haman hates him, and he uh, just doesn't want to get into it with him today. Yeah, like, no, I don't want to fuck with this. Yeah, 
this is when in the background we can see a when we see that uh, a wanted poster of these two guys that we later see. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, that's called foreshadowing people. I yeah, I guess. <laughs> uh, we also have a sign for uh, the last episode we watched. Yeah, there is just a poster for King George and the Ducky, huh? Yeah. Um, and it's hard to see. I, she's in front of it right now. Uh, and also, the King George thing does say now on video. That hmm. <laughs> huh. Okay, well, okay. Yeah, no, it's fine. Yeah, Maxie, that one was about uh, Bathsheba, except Bathsheba got turned into a rubber ducky. I mean... Yeah. (laughs) A rubber cucky. They they gotta... I listened to that episode, they gotta do what they gotta do, you know? Yeah, sure, you know, it's hard out there. Uh, But it's something that you could see a bit earlier. There is a missing picture with what looks like two human men and i'm going to bet my bottom dollar that yeah. those, that one of those men is phil fisher oh uh, i'm gonna have to scrub back and try to find what you're talking about i uh, 342 is a good time to see it 342 okay letting it play here uh mm, oh yeah it's very small you can't actually make out their facial features it wouldn't surprise me if one was phil fisher yeah. That seems like an animator kind of Easter egg. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, human Phil Fisher managed to get into the VeggieTale world. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. But he has gone missing. Shit. <laughs> Truly aren't when they say that Phil Fisher's missing, don't they mean God? <laughs> <laughs> or not. It's it's getting, oh, boy, this is getting complicated. <laughs> what if... It, yeah, go ahead. What if when Phil Fisher went missing... A VeggieTales version of him showed up in our world. Oh, God. Oh, God. (laughs) Just, we're going to go off on, like, an adventure. We're going to break into, like, the old, late 90s big idea offices that have been condemned. And there's just going to be a rotting vegetable with a human face still sitting in a chair somewhere in there. Yeah, we're just going to, like, turn it over and it'll just have Phil Fisher's face. Yeah, it's just going to be a giant, you know, the the leak from the episode where he showed up in Madame Blueberry. It's going to be that thing, but it's going to be dried out and rotted and its mouth is going to be hanging open. And then, like worms, little Larry the Cucumbers are going to come crawling out of its mouth. <laughs> Man, this sucks. Right? I don't care for the world we live in. <laughs> Well, I guess it'll happen. <laughs> I guess so. Well, let's pack our bags. May as well get it over with. Then, like, I'm going to run away and be, you know, like, stop to catch my breath and be like, oh, oh, God, that was awful, Ashley. Ashley? And I'm going to turn and you're just going to be Bob the Tomato. <laughs> That's what we and have in store gonna, for us. And then you're going to look at, a, like, a, a shattered mirror and you're going to be Larry. <laughs> yep. And then I'm going to turn around and I'm on the kitchen counter. <laughs> and that's the Twilight Zone <laughs> uh, David Lynch if you'd like to get in touch with us We'd love to uh, Write your VeggieTales movie Anyway what was happening <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't fucking know <laughs> Heyman shows up And Esther's all mm, I don't know if I want to go And Mordecai's like Esther you should probably go Yeah 
Also, and whatever you do, don't tell him that we're family, because he hates me, and I don't want him to hate you, too. Yeah, so that that's the thing. Heyman really hates Mordecai's family. Family. In this. Uh-huh. Yeah, in, uh... In the Bible... St- well, yeah, so, like, they get in a fight, and Mr. Lunt tells him, you have to bow to me, because I'm, like, above you. And he's like, no, I only bow to God. Go to hell. Yeah. Uh, and he's just Ironic, like... Ironic, really. Right. He's just like, ooh, I'll get you one of these days. In the Book of Esther, uh, Haman... Like, everyone is bowing down to Haman, except for Mordecai. And Haman is so mad about that that he's like, you know what? I'm not only going to have you executed, I'm just going to execute all Jewish people because fuck this. I want people to bow to me. Mm. And they changed it to, yeah, he just hates Mordecai's family. He just really hates that Johnny Depp movie. He just hates... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to be real, that one's lost on me. <laughs> Johnny Depp made a film called Mordecai. Oh. Good it's joke, really Ashley. Bad. Yeah, no, it's great. <laughs> I'm looking it up. I'm finding you a poster. <laughs> Here it is. I found you the poster for Mordecai. It's not very high resolution, though. I should find you a higher resolution poster for Johnny oh, Depp in Mordecai. I saw Mordecai. I saw ads for this at one point. Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah you did. Sure looks like a movie that has one joke. <laughs> <laughs> and the joke is that he has a mustache. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna look up the plot synopsis for Mordecai. I guess this oh, is what the we're plot doing. synopsis is just he has a mustache. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lord Charlie Mordecai, an unscrupulous art dealer and swindler, is accosted in Hong Kong by one of his victims, a gangster named Fang. Jock, Mordecai's faithful manservant, extricates his master before they can be killed by Fang's gunmen. This is boring, I give up. <laughs> the last sentence Romanoff plots his revenge whilst his thugs begin to torture Sir Graham by surgically opening his testicles with electricity whoa excuse Wait, me <laughs> oh you, you know you tell me that's how the movie ends <laughs> that's what happens we, in the last part we jumped a lot there <laughs> I, I don't think that anyone else knows this I think no one else has finished Mordecai, <laughs> and we are now the only people on Earth who know this. Oh, wow. Alrighty. Okay, well, <laughs> back to Veggie Tales. Uh. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> anyway, uh, Esther gets carted off to get prepped to uh, become... You know, I just realized there's no fucking silly song in this one. Oh, there's plenty yeah. of, like, very serious songs. Yeah, we don't and there's have a silly one song, song that whips. <laughs> hey, hey, real talk. Yeah. Uh, you know what's better than a song about idolatry? What's that? A song about um, banishment as a weird adaptation code for genocide. Yeah, yeah. A song, yeah, the song a, a is song about, about genocide, but it does kind of whip. <laughs> a song that about thing. mass racially motivated deportations? Yeah, that's the song. Uh, I really... It's like that Vine someone did of, like, when the song beat bangs, but, like, the lyrics are misogynistic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, he... Uh, what happens next? I think uh, Esther is just hanging out on a balcony... 
she's in like a fancy outfit now. It has shoulder pads, which yeah. that's cur- I don't like that part. <laughs> she has shoulder pads and no shoulders. That's not a thing I like. No, no, no. It weirdly like gives off like this like emperor feeling. She looks like Queen Amidala. Yes. If she had a wilder hairstyle. Yeah, she's like Queen Amidala, but like on a just stay inside day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and she's just real bummed because she didn't even ask to be queen. She doesn't even want to be here. Like she, her concern isn't even that this is like dangerous or like a tenuous situation for it. Just, but I don't want to be queen because she's a relatable hey. teen with relatable teen issues. Yeah. Hey, quick question. Yeah, what's up? It was weird that they kind of dressed Nelly Portman up like a geisha, right? Oh, yeah. That was weird. weird. I feel like it's weirder that they just dropped that for the two that came afterwards, right? Yeah, like, they... they, On other bits of their, especially Asian racism, they stick to it. I did just receive uh, a message from Chelsea, uh, who said that uh, Esther looks like she's T-posing. <laughs> uh, vegetable T-posing is a really cursed idea. Yeah, it is. Uh-huh. When you think about it, <laughs> Thank we you can't that, prove that every vegetable isn't always T-posing. That's true. <laughs> God. Yeah, I mean, listen, Star Wars The Phantom Menace has a lot of racism in it. <laughs> It's got so much racism. Weirdly, also, yeah, like Queen Amidala's costumes is we like. I feel like it doesn't get talked about just because, in the grand scheme of Star Wars racism, it's relatively low. Also, some real bad shit with Jewish people. Yep. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Fucking Watto. What? Watto? Watto? Come on. <laughs> he seems like such a good character. He seems like such a nice slave owner who's really money-grubbing and has a giant nose. And, like, the hat, I think? That's not until episode yeah. two. They yeah, decided they made it, it worse. Yeah. They made it worse. Um, and also, like, they imply <laughs> that, like, he can't, like, he can't be affected by uh, Jedi mind tricks because he's, like, sneaky. Right. <laughs> But, yeah, it's oh, that movie. There is <laughs> somewhat mm, the the last somewhat, like ten like ever since Disney bought Star Wars, it feels like there has been a real push to like convince people that oh those movies aren't so bad and like I'm sorry they're really bad. I mean, I mean, I, I, look, uh, say what you will about the uh, the sequel trilogy. At least they didn't say make the one Latino guy in it an ex drug dealer. <laughs> that would have been really bad. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> this is gonna be a bummer, I pawn. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I don't like this uh, this frame that I paused the video on. I just don't like Esther's face. Is the problem? She's got a bad face. Yeah, she's got a bad face. It, her lips also are very bad. They're very bad. The They're lips she's got really like fucked up. <laughs> Yeah, she's got full luscious lips, and no one else does. Right. This uh, this screenshot I'm about to send you really uh, puts her lips on display in a way I don't care for. Oh, great! If it'll uh, if it'll paste in here, there we go. 
Yeah, just she's. It's like while she's singing her song out on this balcony, and she's just pursing her lips <laughs> and. Uh, Hate that. Yeah, yeah. It looks like the fucking tunnel they take a train through in AI. <laughs> What's with the weird film references on this? <laughs> Only the most popular movies like AI and Mordecai. Okay, hold on. I'll defend AI. It's a good movie. Yeah, no, AI is like a good movie. It's just like not a well-known movie. Like Man, in- we could have watched AI instead of VeggieTales. It would have taken a lot less time. Yeah, but we weren't excited about VeggieTales, at, at, about AI at a Jimmy John's. Yeah, yeah. There's hey, a reason. Yeah. Mordecai shows up and he's like, hey, uh... Yeah, just don't tell him you're part of my family. And I'm gonna lock your kiss some testicles now. <laughs> I'm sorry, I still can't, I can't get over that. I'm just my head is in my hands. <laughs> so I, I do want to say one thing about this yeah. adaptation in particular. I Go appreciate that there was clearly an effort to like give Esther a little more to do. Sure, yeah, she doesn't do Wait, a ton. she has more to do with yeah, this? The uh, thing about the Book of Esther is it's very broad strokes, and yeah. in terms of the actual involvement of Mordecai and Esther, it's pretty much, sometimes Mordecai says, hey, Esther, you should do this, and then she's like, yeah, okay, and it turns out good. Yeah, Mordecai almost does more in the Book of Esther than Esther does. I don't think there's an almost involved. He- yeah, <laughs> that's fair. I, I would say that it basically is the same here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but she has, like, a character. Right, yeah, she's Does a relatable... She? Yeah, Ashley, she's no, a relatable I didn't say team. it was a good character. Anyway. I guess she is a relatable team. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of Princess Amadala, uh, this next lady... <laughs> yeah, so she sings a song about being sad, not knowing what to do, and then it smash cuts... It does not smash cut. Uh, it gently fades into a woman uh, with an accordion <laughs> and some, like, wild Princess Amidala hair. And what if it Star Wars faded into? <laughs> Just to, like, a, like, an iris in to this? Yeah, like, oh, like, this has never happened before and before or since. <laughs> That'd be fantastic. Uh, and yeah, she's she's just really going to town on this accordion. She's belting it out to the the back of this auditorium. She's auditioning in, uh, and uh, Mr. Lunt and uh, uh, King Xerxes, who is Mr. Nezer, if that's not obvious, uh, yeah. they they don't care for her. No, not at all. No. Uh, the shallot comes out. He's like the master of ceremonies for this. He's got like his little like stalks like combed back. Yeah. And, uh... It's, it's a good joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and he calls out, uh, Esther. I think I think he calls her Miss Babylon. Yeah, she, she's Miss Babylon. Yeah, this is America's next top wife. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> no, you're not wrong. It was just funny. <laughs> so, I, I do want to say... When he's calling her Miss Babylon, he references the Hanging Gardens, which do yeah. sound a lot more bleak in this context. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Hell, yes. Yeah, that's that's no good. 
Uh, I do really like, in the Book of Esther, at least in the version I read, the way it is described, like, this part of it, basically. Uh, I'm just going to read this paragraph, mostly because the last sentence, I think, is funny in context. Uh, later, when King Xerxes' fury had subsided, he remembered Vashti and what she had done and what he had decreed about her. Then the king's personal attendants proposed, Let a search be made for beautiful young virgins for the king. Let the king appoint commissioners in every province of his realm to bring all these beautiful young women into the harem at the citadel of Susa. Let them be placed under the care of uh, Haggai, I'm probably saying that wrong, the king's eunuch, who is in charge of the women. Let the beauty treatments be given to them. Then let the young women who please this, the king be queen instead of Vashti. This advice appealed to the king, and he followed it. <laughs> yeah. Hey. I sure it did. I, I have a question. I feel like yeah, this is up? something I discussed on either this podcast or a different one. Yeah. King Xerxes, I don't know if he's the original wife guy, but he's up there. <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't know. Nah, is he? Because he kind of doesn't, well, he doesn't really like his wife much. I guess he likes Esther. I mean, at, le- he, at least in this adaptation, it's more that, like, oh, my wife wouldn't do one thing. And then Haman's like, fuck her then. Right, right. Uh, yeah, King Xerxes... He, he divorced wife guy. I was gonna say, King Xerxes is the first person to be both a wife guy and have divorced guy energy. <laughs> Got them both going on at once. <laughs> I'm sure there's other people with that. Yeah, that's... Tr- well, yeah, but I'm saying he was first because he's from history. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Uh, Esther remembers a song that her mom used to sing her about how if you do what God says, you're never wrong. And, uh... Yep. (laughs) So... (laughs) Yeah. Here's something where I do want to interject, because I think this is one of the parts where it does depart from the source material a lot. Um... Mm -hmm. Yeah. So... One of the interesting things about the Book of Esther is that I feel like... In a lot of Abrahamic scripture, whether that's Jewish, whether that's Christian, uh, Muslim, whatever, um, it tends to be a lot about, like, the idea that, like, God saves and that God grants you strength and so on. Right. Um, the Book of Esther isn't really a story about that sort of direct triumph. It yeah, is, God is not, like, directly invoked in the book, really. Yeah, God... The name of God does not show up once in the book of Esther, and that's yeah. something that has been analyzed a bit. People said, you know, it's symbolic of God being present in the background, um, uh-huh. or, you know, in, uh, uh, having a, you know, silent, subtle reach. But I think also structurally it's very interesting because it's, rather than a story about war or endurance, it's a story about outwitting somebody who thinks they're smarter than you and is wrong. Right, right. Um, In kind of a Looney Tunes way, almost. Almost. Yeah, the the whole... Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, So it's weird to see this song, which frames it more explicitly in the context of, oh, like the grace of God, you know? Right, right. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of them, you know, they have their, like, very short list of lessons that they either are willing to and or will be allowed to teach children without getting parents angry at them, and they just kind of have to 
kind of bend every Bible story to be about one of those, like, three lessons. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, Esther sings the song, the king loves it, and she becomes the new queen, and now she's back out on her sadness balcony, and uh, we see perhaps the most explicit use of uh, vegetable telekinesis to date. Yeah. She unfurls her hands. <laughs> she unfurls her psychic hands. And... <laughs> and uh, just takes her tiara off and looks at it gloomily. And it's just floating in front of her as she stares at it. It's so, like, striking to just suddenly see it happen. Because when they've done it before, it's just been, like, a quick motion. Like, you don't have too much time to actually think about it. And here, they're really dwelling on it. Because it's supposed to be, like, all emotional. Right, yeah. And, uh, yeah, then uh, Mordecai pops back up onto her balcony. He's like, hey, why aren't you happy? You're the queen of Poesia. Of Poesia. And uh, she's mm-hmm. just like, I don't want to be queen. Uh, I just want to go talk to my friend about that apple. <laughs> uh, and she's just like, uh, I'm, I'm depressed. I don't even remember why she's depressed. Because uh, she's got depression. <laughs> yeah. I mean, realistically, she did just get married to a weird old man. But, like, they don't yeah. really bring that up in concrete terms because they don't want kids thinking about that. Yeah, like, for being married to him, they do seem to, like, live in separate places. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they do. Uh, and, yeah, Mordecai's just like, ah, listen, the king's great. You'll love him. Don't worry about it. And it cuts to the next day, and uh, the king is looking at himself in the mirror. He's like, you think she's going to like me? <laughs> and Mr. Lunch is like, yeah, no, it's legally required for everyone to like you. You're fine. Don't worry about it. Uh, and he's like, yeah, but like, what if it wasn't, though? He's like, ah, you're fine. You're yeah, a, you're no, a lady killer. You. Yeah. You're the king. What? No. And meanwhile, Larry is at last here, uh, just sitting in the back, writing everything down. Yep. He's got, like, a weird Dr. Seuss hat. Yeah. Doesn't really fit the aesthetic that the rest of the episode is going for. Yeah, like, the fashion in this world is very weird. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, because, like, uh, King Xerxes, from, like, the neck up is, like, period appropriate, and then from the neck down, it's a pinstripe suit. Yeah. Weird. Uh, We're seeing a French piece peek in through the doorway... Uh, on this scene. In. Yeah, peek in. Uh, because there is a piano attached to a rope dangling from the ceiling? A piano. Yeah, a piano. And uh, there's another P just like holding a rope trying to keep it from falling. And uh, he comes on in after Mr. Lunt leaves with a big old cake. Uh, as a wedding gift for King Xerxes. The king's like, oh, great, bring it on over. I'll come eat it. Yeah. And the P immediately realizes his plan is bad because, of <laughs> course, he just wants to sit at his desk and eat. Instead of coming but up. also, we're introduced to, like, hey, no one can come see me if I if I don't invite them. Yeah. Yeah, I originally thought the idea, because that, that's from the Book of Esther, I thought the joke was going to be if you come in uninvited, He's got that servant pee, he'll drop a piano on you. 
Yeah. Uh, but that's not what's going on. The servant P is uh, not a servant at all. Right. In fact, a uh, an evil P. Yes. He's peevil. He... <sighs> <sighs> I don't want to do this show I, I anymore. I didn't think this <laughs> would keep going, but then I just kept going. <laughs> I got I addicted to it. I guess that's as good it. a reason as any. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, the king comes out to check out the cake. He's right under the piano, but the other P is still under it, so he can't drop it yet. And then Mr. Lunt comes back with Esther. Uh, and then also, I guess Mordecai was here the whole time. <laughs> he was just hiding yeah. behind a bush. He just doesn't want to deal with Mordecai, uh, with, um... Yeah, with the Haman. With Haman, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but he whispers to Esther to point out the piano, and she's like, oh no, it's a trap, look out! And, uh, the king's life is saved. Yeah. Does this happen in the original? Uh, Not the yeah, piano, no, obviously. everything, including the piano. <laughs> okay. I think in the original... Birthday cake and all. <laughs> I think in the original, Mordecai is like at the castle gates and he hears two servants talking about, hey, we should murder the king, he sucks. And he reports it, and that's that's what happens. Basically, oh. yeah. It, yeah. Presumably they were going to use swords and not a piano, because pianos were not invented yet, but... Perhaps a bow and arrow, who can say? Uh, but, yeah, it, it's more or less following the, the broad strokes of the... the you know, scripture. Okay. Good to know everything is Bible accurate. Everything's Bible accurate here. Um, and, uh, yeah, Esther's like, oh, no, it wasn't me who saved you. It was uh, Mordecai. My, and, like, Mordecai keeps shushing her when she's about to, like, explain yeah. that they're cousins. Just, he's like, hey, what the fuck up? Right. <laughs> and, uh... Heyman gets really angry that Mordecai's, like, being congratulated for doing something. So he immediately starts talking about, uh, hey, how do we want to, like, uh, punish the criminals? I know. Let's send them to Tickle Island. <laughs> the executioner who looks like a fucking Grim Reaper with yeah. a fucking, like, a feather instead of a scythe? Yup. It's just the Grim Reaper with a giant feather. Comes Visual in gags pretty good. Are really good. <laughs> what kind of vegetable do you think he is under that cloak? Ooh, <sighs> something like poisonous. Oh yeah, like a nightshade. Yeah. Yeah, some kind of potato. He, yeah, that's what it is. Like his his torso area is just a potato, and then like there's like uh, roots growing up out of it to make like the arms and the hood. Ugh. Yeah. 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 Uh, and the peas are taken away to Tickle Island to be tickled for all eternity. <laughs> Tickle Island was my favorite Nick Jr. show. <laughs> until it got pulled from the air for something, I, reasons I had never looked up. I was going to say, Tickle Island is my favorite uh, fic on writing.com. <laughs> <laughs> Two very different ways. <laughs> Isn't Tickle Island the name of that documentary? <laughs> Chelsea said the same thing earlier. <laughs> uh, that documentary, huh? Yeah. Look up. Hey, if you want to watch a good documentary, check out Tickled. <laughs> it's wild. You will not be able to guess where it's going. No, you'll think you'll know. <laughs> yeah, and you'll you'll think you'll have it solved within like yeah, fifteen minutes. 
And you haven't. No. It just kind of keeps going. You know, much like God, it's uh, an infinite mystery. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, so Mr. Lunt is sick of Paw Grape shit. And uh, he's hatching a scheme. Uh, so he goes to the king's chambers at night and does his villain song. Which, uh, yeah. It's a pretty good villain song. It Talk rips. It's a pretty good villain song. As always, they have the problem of the hero song is a boring, cliche song about doing the right thing. that with like It's not musically interesting at all. And the villain song is fun to like sing along with. Uh, they really need to figure that one out, I think. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, villain songs are often the best in, like, a Disney movie, per se, but, like, Prince Ali and, you know, Be Our yeah. Guest are still fun to sing. Right, yeah, exactly. And, like, Little Mermaid has lots of good songs. It's not just the villain song that's good. Like, that's not even the most famous song from that movie, you know? Yeah. Um, It's... I'm sorry, the Disney nerd in me is coming out very quickly. Yeah. They almost cut part of your world from that fucking movie, and I'm like, That's... I cannot believe that. Yeah, wow. <laughs> I, I, okay, I have not thought this through, so maybe it's wrong. My gut reaction is that if a Disney movie has a reputation of the villain song being the best song, it's because it's not a very good movie. I think that's accurate. Mm, Lion King, though. Uh, okay, but, alright, Be Prepared, great song. That's not the song people remember from it, though. Yeah, they but remember... be, prepared is, be Prepared is better than Hakuna Matata. Mm, maybe, but it is not more popular. Yeah, I suppose Whereas, like, so. Princess and the Frog, all anyone remembers from that movie is the villain song. Yeah, and that it was kind of racist. Well, yeah, that too. <laughs> hey, there's no villain song in Hercules. No, there's not. They couldn't get James Woods to sing. Yeah, because he thought it was gay, probably. <laughs> probably. That would make sense. Man, I'm just really... <laughs> yeah, fuck James Woods. No, he no, sucks yeah, shit. He's an utter piece of shit. Just just scum. Anyhow. Uh, <laughs> he, Mr. Lund gets... like he, The song is basically, hey, there's this family. This very sneaky, bad family who's ruining the <laughs> kingdom. And uh, I think that you should exile all of them to Tickle Island and just sign the bottom of this paper without looking at the rest of it, please. And the king's just like, yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah, no, I'm very dumb. The king is very agreeable to everything. He's not really... He's pretty passive overall. Yeah. Really the only character in this who had agency is Haven... Uh... And Mordecai, Mordecai, and sometimes Esther, but it is through Mordecai. Sure, and God. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Uh, we do see the full poster. It's it's showing a full picture of Paw Grape, and then next to him is an illustration of a bunch of grapes, like still on the vine. Which hmm. I uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> This this is glossed over so quickly, and I'm... Mm, I, I feel like I needed more information. Um, 
Well, like like we said, it's still fucking weird. To like, like, hey, there's a sneaky family, you know, the Jews. Well, yeah, I mean, but that's what the yeah, it's weird. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, like, like, like it is the villain song, but like it with especially the context of this being and tell me if I'm speaking like way out of turn here. Like, but in the context of like this being a Christian show and the god that they are talking about, like, probably the intended audience, assuming it is the Christian god, um, it makes it a little weird to me. I, it's sort of a little weird, regardless. I think the thing is that it's consistent with Heyman's characterization in the yeah. story because he, like. Haman's role in the Book of Esther is basically to be the archetypal anti-Semite. Hmm. Right. Um, still weird in the context of this very Christian adaptation of the story, but I don't think it was necessarily mishandled in that regard. I think, or at least not any more mishandled than the idea. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, am, okay. I, okay. I am curious. I'm not like... I'm not judging one way or the other. I'm just curious because they have had past Veggie Tales, uh, you know, where they do talk about like the Israelites uh, or you know that kind of thing. So I wonder what motivated the idea of like, no, 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 this isn't Jewish people. This is just his family. And, like, I think it is the sneaky line. Yeah, it, it it probably has something to do with the fact that like the story of like David and Goliath is not a story about anti-Semitism. Yeah. So it's, I don't know. it's yeah, it, yeah. I think if you want me to be cynical about it, uh-huh. I think um, you can even go beyond the story of David and Goliath is not uh, one about anti-Semitism to the story of David and Goliath and the concept of Israelites as a historical and biblical people. Yeah. Uh, can be divorced from the concept of Jews in a way that the book of Esther can't because again it's the rare instance of uh, a story from mythology that I would argue has only ever gotten more relevant as time went on you know yeah yeah for sure David and Goliath practically speaking unless you're making a really shitheaded comparison to modern geopolitics not really not really directly relevant to right. people's lived realities, except as a metaphor. Um, yeah, yeah. Whereas the Book of Esther is very specifically allegorical, um, in a way that, it, unless you are kind of skirting around it, is very obvious. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, the whole dang bunch of grapes is going to get tickled for eternity unless Esther can do something. Yeah. Why uh, did, okay, now, like, I have a question. Yeah. They have this illustration of the bunch of grapes, that, and they clearly want Esther to be the closest thing to a hot girl they can possibly render as a vegetable. Listen, mm-hmm. just... Yeah? We're not going to get a good answer, Luke. Well, no, 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 no. I have the answer. They didn't do it, clearly, but I have what they should have done. She should have been the grape stem. 
<laughs> okay. On the top of that stem, there just should have been Esther's face. But then I guess that implies that she's the mother of all the grapes, and that's not correct. It would also imply that they know she's one of the grapes, which, like, that... That's also true. I think maybe this kind of thing gets confusing when you deal with vegetables, actually. <laughs> you don't say. It. I will say that if the uh, plants, you know, grow off of, like, you know, trees and vines and stuff. Yeah. Maybe the hanging garden is not, like, a horrible place. Maybe it's just, like, a fuck pad. <laughs> Yo, all right. <laughs> I was going to go for, like, nursery or kindergarten, but sure, fuck pad works, I guess. It could be both. I hope it's not. <laughs> uh, listen. They're different, they're different rooms. Yeah. It's fine. There's tears. Yeah, there's tears coming out of my face right now. <laughs> well, that's the onions. Uh, are the onions fucking? Yeah, onions you gotta fuck eventually. Fuck. <laughs> Do they? <laughs> uh, this is just, this feels like it's turning into word association. <laughs> Was it ever anything different? Uh, no, it wasn't. Remember when you said this was, like, your most proud podcast? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh-huh, yeah. Anyhow. <laughs> fucking, I think Esther sings another damn song. Yeah. Are these all, I honestly, I don't know if it's all the same song or different songs, because they're boring and I don't care enough to pay attention. Yeah, I mean, they're fine, you know? Yeah. Uh, I will say... Gotta give props to Esther for Mordecai being like, Esther, he's gonna banish all of us into an island of perpetual torture. And uh, he's kind of doing Christopher Walken there or something. (laughs) Um, And Esther's just like, I don't want to do something about it. This sucks. Yeah. That sounds hard. I don't want to. Okay, but what what if you did, though? Yeah, like, but what? But what if we die if you don't? <laughs> um, I was gonna say, uh, ask Maxi, and sorry to, like, just have you on as like the, like, oh, here's a question I have about how this show treats Judaism. I mean, I'm sure I have a lot of answers. <laughs> Pograve's voice, little eh, right? <laughs> It's a little eh, but I will say, like, I'll take it over the lunch situation. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. That's no, fair. Yeah. It, you're saying it's kind of the Queen Amidala costume of racist voices. <laughs> <laughs> yes, like, I'm not, I'm not going to say, like, there's nothing there, but right. I feel like there's other things to unpack first. That is reasonable. I don't know what you're talking about. Mr. Lawrence is obviously just an Italian gangster. <laughs> you listen, haven't you? I mean, everybody's Italian gangsters in this, so that tracks. He's just the weasels from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. It's that thing, so it can't be racist. <laughs> Someone else was racist first, and that means it's okay for me to be too, right? Anyhow. Esther sings her fucking song while the sun rises, and she's gonna try to do the right thing. So she goes to, uh... The thing is, like, yeah, you're not supposed to go to see the king uninvited, uh, or he might kill you. But she's gonna risk it. She's gonna go in there, and, uh, 
there's like a tense moment, like, oh, is he gonna kill her? And he's like, no, I, I, you're cool, you're my wife. You're, you're, yeah, so, hey. that'd be weird. Yeah. If... He just sees her, he's like, oh, it's Wife City in here now, how's it going, Hester? And, uh, she's just kind of like, oh, hey, hi, hey, I just wanted to ask you to dinner. And, yeah, they, they accept. Yeah. And they kind of play yeah, it. You are yeah. my wife, so sure. <laughs> right. They, they play it here like she was, like, trying to say what she meant to say, but, like, spit that out instead. Uh, which, I, that, I don't think that's explicitly in the Book of Esther, but I get how you read that out of it. Like, mm-hmm. that, that doesn't seem like a crazy way to interpret it. The way that she's, like... They imply that she has, like, inviting them over for dinner, even though they apparently live in the same house. I mean, that's kind of how it goes in the book, too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, Esther replied, my petition, my request is this. If the king regards me with favor and if it pleases the king to grant my petition and fulfill my request, let the king and Haman come tomorrow to the banquet I will prepare for them. Okay. Yeah. But I, I guess that makes it more sound like I am going to, like, make you some food. Right. Let's dine together. Like, while this was like, oh, yeah, come over. Yeah, yeah. Let's have a dinner party at my place. <laughs> at my room. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then do we cut to the dinner party? Is that what happens next? Or do we have more interstitial stuff? Well, we cut to Trivial Pursuit. <laughs> right, they're playing Trivial Pursuit. And this is another one of those gags. I think you talked about this on the last one. Where uh-huh. it's just, the joke is just that it's just like some weird circuitous conversation yeah because it's I don't even remember what the question is but uh the king gets it wrong and he goes like oh really I thought that was the right answer nah it wasn't you sure nope yeah it wasn't huh I really thought it was that one and they just keep doing that for a while uh and then Esther comes out and is like alright yeah hey Tell you what, there actually was another reason I invited you over here, and it wasn't just for dinner tonight. It was, uh, for dinner tomorrow night, also. Why did they do this? Uh, because it I happens know, in the it, Bible. Yeah, I answer that. I, like, realized the answer to that right as yeah. I said. Yeah. Like, it's just like, man, you probably could have shorted this up a bit. <laughs> You're out here trying to punch up ancient scriptures, <laughs> Ashley? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you know, it's not, like, it is not a, like, theologically important thing that it was two di- nights, was it? No, not I guess really. not, no, no, <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> yeah, so you just punch it up a little bit, maybe add in a talking dog, and I think we're good. Is it supposed to maybe have parallelism with, like, the two days of, like, the fighting that happens later? Is that maybe the idea? <laughs> I'm reaching. I, I'm trying to figure out some reason why it's written this way. Uh, anyway. Uh, the time is coming, like, oh, th- like, she keeps putting this off, and now she only has one last chance to actually request anything, because all the grapes are getting shipped off the next day. Uh, and Mr. Lunt comes out to see Mordecai, who's like a guard at the gate. And he's just got a deck of cards he's shuffling. He's like, hey, shithead, guess what? Maybe if you bow to me now, I won't, you know, have your entire uh, 
family <laughs> tortured forever, and Mordecai's all, eh, fuck off, you suck shit. Yeah. You know, good for Mordecai. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, Mr. Lunt gets so mad, he just throws all his cards on the ground and just goes like, yeah, well, maybe I'll get you shipped off a day early. How about that? And there was, like, this unmotivated close-up on one of the cards, and it just says Janet, and I don't understand what that's supposed to mean. I had no idea what the fuck was up with Janet. The, <laughs> the only explanation I can possibly come up with is that every card had the name of one of Mordecai's family members that was going to get shipped off. But they've never talked about Janet before, so... Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, like, they cut the scene that set up what Janet was paying off? I don't know. Or is this a weird movie reference? Uh, oh, oh, maybe. I don't know. Probably. Uh, King's I'm, Xerxes... I'm gonna yeah. go... Go ahead. I'm gonna go look up the VeggieTales wiki. You just... Yeah, see if, going. see if they've got anything for us. Uh, King Xerxes is settling into bed for the night. Larry is there with a scroll. The scroll he's been writing this whole time, and he just reads out yeah. everything that's happened. And I, I like I that. I like that the king... <laughs> go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, go this ahead. This is a good joke. That, like, the king is like, oh, this is a good one. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I was going to say, I like that the king understands that he's really kind of asking a lot of Larry. He's like, listen... I'm sorry. This does help me sleep, though. I really appreciate that you do this for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, he gets to the whole bit about the assassination plot. Uh, and it's like, like you said, like, oh, yeah, this part's good. And uh, Larry reads out that Mordecai saved the king's life. And he's like, oh, uh, yeah. Hey, wait a second. What did we ever do to thank that guy for that? And uh, Larry's like, oh, nothing. And the king just goes, oh, well, dang, that's no good. We gotta do something. Maybe we'll get him a greeting card. And, and that's, that's yeah. when Haman shows up. Mm, uh, before we get into this part, though, I gotta ask some questions. Okay. Uh, well, I'm... There are some things about, uh, the physiology of the king's body, let's say, that I need to discuss. Okay. He's laying in bed, and, you know, uh-huh. you have the, the big bump around him for his lower body and then there's all these other little bumps in the bed around him and maybe you could argue they're just wrinkles in the blanket but they look like they're too tall to be wrinkles in the blanket i want to know what the fuck invisible appendages he's got here he's like a squid underneath of his (laughs) zucchini part i'm getting a screenshot so i don't sound quite so crazy let me let me show you here yeah, exactly you can write down what I mean. below that horrible screenshot of Esther's awful, awful lips. Yeah, there's just all these lumps in the bed around him. Like, at first blush, I shrugged them off because, like, oh, no, those are his feet. Wait a second, he's a vegetable. What is going on? Can anyone explain it to me? Maybe he has stuffed animals. Hmm. Maybe. Maybe. Anyway, I can't find anything about Janet. Great. Janet doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> well, not after she got shipped off to the island of Tickling. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah okay, well, he's... the. Uh, I guess Mr. Nezer is sec- secretly a squid man. A squid zucchini man. <laughs> and that's all there is to it. But yeah, Mr. Lunt, uh, Heyman comes in and says... Uh, Hey, buddy, I, I got a big important request for you, but he gets cut off. 
<laughs> because Mr. Nezer asked him, hey, yeah, yeah, shut up. I'm the king. Shut up. <laughs> Say there was, like, this really cool guy, and you wanted to do something really nice to thank him for all the good stuff he does. Well, what would you do? And Heyman is me like, oh, yes, finally. Yeah. I'm getting a reward. <laughs> right. Oh, I'm flattered. Anyway, what I would do is throw him an entire parade and let him ride your horse and wear your crown and wear a bunch of cool robes. And, like, your best prince would just, like, ride around town with them going, hey, everybody, this is the coolest guy in all of Persia. Yeah, I love him. He's the best. And uh, Mr. Nezer's just like, oh. Yeah, no, that, those are all great ideas. Anyway, go do that for Mordecai, the man you hate. Yeah. I, so, I'm going to say two things here. One, yeah. this is maybe my single favorite bit of Esther. Uh-huh. Two. Yeah, it's good. I feel extremely cheated by the fact that we do not get to see the parade. They don't fucking show the parade! And, like... Yeah. I think it's probably because it would have been really hard to render... Yo, yes, yeah. All that confetti, forget about it. But still. But still, they should have. My favorite bit from this is that Larry is constantly writing in, like, the background. Yeah. As these two are talking. Right, right. (laughs) Glad Molly found it funny. Yeah. (laughs) Just cut that out. But yeah, uh... Yeah, Mr. Lunt is, like, infuriated and mortified that he has to go do all that for a man he hates. Uh, and, like, can't even bring himself to ask the king to, like, have him exiled early, because he knows it won't go over well. No. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, the, <laughs> Esther and the king have, like, their second dinner party, and they're like, boy, uh, Haman's running late. And then you just hear outside Mordecai be like, Thanks for the parade. See you later, buddy. Uh, and Heyman has a like, good oh. he has a good joke where he's like, "Oh, laugh all you want. You won't be laughing tomorrow." Wait. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in the book of Esther, I believe at this point, Heyman uh, is so outraged that he goes home in a huff and talks to his wife and his friends, and they say, "Hey, tell you what." Let's let's go erect a 50-foot-tall pole, and you can just impale Mordecai on it. That'll make you feel better, buddy. Yeah. And, oh, you, uh, want, you want to impale somebody? Aww. Yeah. So they get to work erecting the pole, and then the next dinner happens, where Esther reveals that she's part of Mordecai's family, too. And also and, that Haman's trying to banish them all. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, they did cut out one aspect that was in the original story, uh, where the king's like, "Well, we can't actually repeal an order of the king. We have kind of yep. a fucked up legal system." Yeah, that comes up in the book of Daniel too, where they're like, "Well, I actually don't want to throw Daniel in the lion's den, but I wrote the law down, and even the king can't retract a law." Uh, but you know what I can do is I can just give all the Jews swords and say like. Hey, if you fuck with them, whatever happens, happens. Hey, you know what? You're allowed to carry out that first law where you try to kill all the Jewish people. But I mean, I wouldn't if I were you. Uh, That's weird. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Yeah, yes it is. Uh, 
And uh, they're like, oh, what are we going to do with you, Heyman? Oh, hey, there's a 50-foot tall spike outside your house. Let's just impale you on that. Yeah, that that's lucky. Right. In oh, there's a bunch of little just... spikes next to it. Let's get your sons, too. Yeah, let's kill all your sons. <laughs> uh, in VeggieTales, he just gets sent to Tickle Island. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think they really miss a trick of, like, having a, like, shish kebab with dad and sons. I don't think they'd go for that one, Ashley. That's one of those ideas that's, like, on a computer hard drive at Big Idea Productions somewhere that they will never release to the public. No, not in... Not in not with veggie tales, but in the Bible. You're saying in the Bible they should have done a giant shish kebab of men. Yes, I'm doing more punch up. Okay. <laughs> Great. Just yeah, uh we'll, we'll you know take what? these a, a yeah. good kebab has veggies and meat, so really let's just go let's mix the two. There you go. Get, yeah. uh, get Heyman on there, get uh Mr. Lunt on there. I'll uh I'll I'll drop these notes off at the church by our house and see see if they can get them uh upstairs. See how long it takes for them to have you arrested, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Local man arrested for weird hate crime. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, now uh, Mordecai is the new second in command. Esther's still the queen, but she's happy now because she did the right thing. You think she ever got back to her friend about that apple? Nah, her friend got sent to Tickle Island, actually. <laughs> <laughs> The punishment for apple stealing. Well, uh, the king got re- the king and uh, Haman got real crazy one night, and they just decided that that's a that's a tickling. That's a tickling. You know, you know, you're looking over this legal code. Uh, steal on apple, you get tickled. Murder, conspiracy, those you get tickled. Uh, tax fraud, really, just almost all these crimes just say tickle island, and then a sentence of so many days. Right. Yeah. Uh, in the Book of Esther, there's a little bit more on the end here explaining how this ties into the origin of uh, a Jewish holiday. Mm-hmm. Uh, because all the Jewish people fucked up 75,000 people <coughs> with the swords they got. And uh, then they all just threw a party. I would after that. I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, obviously, we have to wait. Uh, until Esther 2, The Journey to Tickle Island for that stuff. Uh, tale. Ashley! Ashley. <laughs> that's another uh, tales idea that's just on a hard drive in a warehouse. That's yeah. another writing.com fic. <laughs> I fucking love writing.com, y'all. <laughs> we can tell. It's... <laughs> It's because the name of the website and, like, all of the aesthetics of it are clearly like, oh, yeah, this is for writers. If you want to try to produce some fiction on the internet, this is the place for you to come and share your your next great short story and, you know, p- be part of a, a group of writers, you know, a, a cohort online, all working towards making great fiction. And then it's just 100% badly written tickle porn. <laughs> That's uh, all it is. So I don't know much about writing.com, but I will say, uh, for me, Esther 2 
the Journey to Tickle Island is maybe my favorite uh-huh. Tarantino flick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that also sounds good. About right. Yeah. Uh. Uh, yeah, like, Ride.com is, like, that's so different than, like, stuff like Fiction Mania, which is just so on, like, this is what this is. Right. Well, honestly, Ride.com has kind of fallen apart. They used to be very, like, lousy with ads, and then people started installing ad blockers. So now their whole mm. thing is you have to subscribe and pay the money, or else uh, about 90% of the time the web page just won't load. It was like, Great. hey, sorry, we're over capacity right now you either need to buy a premium subscription or wait five minutes and reload the page mm. and that really Cap- killed my ability to trawl writing.com for funny bad smut man and, capitalism you know, does ruin everything yeah yeah <laughs> anyway this is what kentucky art zero is about <laughs> Uh, I never, I never went to the place in Kentucky Route Zero to like start the the tickle thick subplot. Yeah, so it just never showed up in I my know. game. Yeah, it just it, you, you can just miss it. We, uh, now I'm just picturing. <laughs> now I'm just picturing uh, Kentucky Route Zero writing, but about like websites that you would find like uh, just just Kentucky Route Zero cross hypnospace outlaw. Yeah. Uh this like, is, where 90% of the time you don't see the website, you just get described it. Hey, this yeah, yeah. so Hypnospace Outlaw, there is definitely, like, a seedy underbelly to Hypnospace that you never see, right? Oh, of course, yeah. Like, there's definitely, like, a Hypnospace hyphen Hypno subboard. Oh, 100%, yes. You explicitly don't get to see very much of Hypnospace during Hypnospace Outlaw. Because you're a moderator, and, like, you have a weird version of the program that only lets you see the areas you moderate. People just linking each other that uh, meat brain or whatever picture and yeah. being like, damn, wish that were me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, VeggieTales is what this podcast is about. <laughs> I just re- realized I forgot to make a question post. Great! Oh, no! <laughs> Well, I've got some emails we can read, at least. Okay. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> nah, you're fine. You're fine. Uh, Alright, uh, what do we got here? Bunch of nonsense. Here's one uh, called Laura's Apple Chopper. Hey, everyone. I just wanted to run an interesting bit by you guys that you may have missed. In Larry Boy and the Fib from Outer Space, Junior Asparagus tells his dad that Laura broke the plate using her new Apple Chopper. Apple characters show up mm. later in the series. I think we talked about this, didn't we? We might have. But hey, yeah, I, wait not, a minute. Yeah. yeah. She stole an apple. Oh, hey. Mm. Mm. She kidnapped a person. <laughs> this is a much more serious crime than I realized, Esther. You need to do something about this. Uh, but I'm a sad teen. <laughs> Bob's so relatable. <laughs> yeah. mm. You know what, though? At that point, that's really not... Stealing an apple, that's something you just tell your friend is wrong. Kidnapping, you report it to the authorities, which is exactly what she did. I think it's Mordecai's fault, actually. Yeah, he just didn't want to deal with that shit. <laughs> he did not. Uh, anyway, yeah, apple characters show up later in the series, specifically in Larry Boy and the Bad Apple. Oh, shit. So I'm curious as to what kind of advice an apple chopper might be and why Junior's dad was able to believe that Laura had one. 
Also, do you plan on covering Larry Boy, the cartoon adventures in Whip Whis? It's probably not canon, but I would be interested to hear your thoughts on each of the four episodes. I'd also like to hear you cover Big Ideas 321 Penguins at some point, since the concept of the show is extremely similar to that of VeggieTales, and as equally questionable canon. I am excited about that part of it. Yeah. I don't know what we're doing. We, listen, we're getting through the core VeggieTales canon, these 50-some-odd yeah, episodes. the core of this what apple. 321 yeah. Penguins. It's another Bible show, but it's about penguins instead of vegetables. I mean, Which, that sounds better. Does, <laughs> yeah, he it does. He does have a thing for penguins. Penguins are the only mammals we have seen. That's not true. We saw a Sabu. Oh, yeah, we saw a Sabu. Exactly. Yeah, listen, there are a lot of different things we can do once we're done with the initial run of VeggieTales. I'm willing to entertain all of them. I don't know which one, which way we'll go, but we'll see. Hey, I'm looking at, I'm looking at, like, 321 Penguins Scream Cats right now. Uh-huh. This looks better than Jimmy Neutron did. You say that as if that's an accomplishment. It's more that, like, in the context of the lesser-known sister series to VeggieTales... Right. ...being that... uh, looking like that, it's an accomplishment, you know? Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, Someone remade one of the 321 Penguins in uh, Soul Calibur (laughs) VI... Okay. Great. Anyway, an apple chopper is just a motorcycle for apples. <laughs> you sh- you're showing me some Netflix Veggie Tales, and I don't know why. There's a bacon man. There's a bacon. There's a bacon man. Ego, <laughs> <laughs> we got there. <laughs> I. I'm closing this window. I don't have to deal with this right now. You're gonna have to eventually, Luke Yeah, but not today Uh, what else we got? Um, we got an email from the same person who sent in the very long email that we kind of talked about a lot last time mm-hmm. Uh, or two times ago Uh, and they were just kind of writing their response to that And, um, basically where we're leaving it, you know, we're agreeing to disagree They're, they're, they're not mean about it at all uh, well, yeah, really enjoyed the conversation you had about it. It made me uh, wish I worded some parts differently. Uh, you know, yeah, they, I, I, I'm fine with letting it lie there. We had our big talk about it. They also sent us some very good fan art. Oh, nice. Yeah, I will, uh, let me, let me download this real quick so I can send it to the Skype chat here. Uh, pretty well drawn from VeggieTales, honestly. <laughs> Let me uh, just drop it in here. We got Bob the Tomato saying, Larry, we gotta impress Buzzsaw Louie so we can help kids reach a higher... Be- uh, help kids reach a higher being that doesn't exist in our universe. And Larry responding, not now, Bob. I'm dead inside. <laughs> These that are really good. Like extremely good. Yeah. 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 Good job. I like it. It's good. Uh, let's see. We have... Oh, uh... Dan Silva, guest of last week, says, Hey, I just realized, are there any foodstuffs it wouldn't be weird for a cartoon vegetable to eat? Meat's weird, fruits are weird, other vegetables are weird, most grains are one plant or another. Meat just got weirder. (laughs) Yes, it did. There's bacon, men. You'd have to abstract food pretty heavily for it not to be strange outside of, like, water. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess yeah. that's true. Uh, and then we've got one from uh, from Audio Entropy's Mike. Uh, hey, Ashley and Luke, it's Mike. I'm catching up on the podcast, and I caught something during the Walls of Jericho episode that I was kind of shocked y'all didn't. Well, the episode's lesson was about how we should obey God. The Bible verse quoted at the end was how about you don't need to be afraid because God can defeat your enemies. What's weird about that is that there had already been two episodes where the meaning of that verse was the lesson, including the first episode, and they didn't use that verse. This shit happening only seven or eight episodes in is a real condemnation of the show's scattershot use of scripture. Love the podcast. Keep up the good work. Yeah, listen, God's bigger than you, and he can beat up people you don't like. That's what's important. Yeah. There's a lot of different ways to express that concept. Uh, and that's all the emails we've got. All right. Uh, Where can they send more emails, Luke? Oh, they can send them to VeggieTakes at gmail.com. Really good URL. Yeah. yeah. Uh, particularly, if you're interested in guesting, um, get in touch. Uh, if we get anything wrong, like, scripturally, uh, please write in corrections. And yeah, if you're interested in guessing, especially if you are someone who is not a white Christian or a white lapsed Christian. Uh, I'm not saying a no to anyone like that guesting on here. We've had several, and that's kind of the thing. It's very easy, for me at least, to find people like that, and I'd love to have other uh, viewpoints represented on this show more. So if you're at all interested, get in touch. That's that's my spiel. Well, yeah, it's good to be a... And thank you, everyone, who's sent us stuff. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, even if we disagree, I, I think we've had some good discussions because of it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, um, yeah, Maxie, where can people find you online? People can find me online at Max Knightley on Tumblr. That's M-A-X-K-N-I-G-H-T-L-E-Y. Uh, and on, uh, at Maxie Satan on Twitter, which... Wild plug in that URL still. <laughs> um... I also have a Bandcamp page, pastelhandgrenade.bandcamp.com, where I've uploaded some of my music. I am open for commissions, so if you're looking for uh, the theme to a podcast of your own, uh, if you're looking for a soundtrack for an indie game you're developing, anything like that, uh, if you just feel like commissioning a short piece for the hell of it, hit me up. Either Twitter or Tumblr works great for that. Yeah, Maxi makes good music. You should do that. Uh, yes, Maxi is incredible in a lot of ways. Oh, thank you. And music is just one of them. Uh, Luke, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at SSJ Speed Racer. Uh, you can find other shows I do on AudioEntropy.com, including uh, Let's Place, which I just realized sh- uh, should have had an episode go up today, and I forgot to do that. Whoops. I'm by still the time, so by the mad. time you're hearing this, you should be hearing. You should be able to get the last live episode we did from Pack South. Sorry, I'm go still ahead, so mad that I only thought of the perfect argument for Bug Fables after the episode was over. You already got Bug Fables to like number four. Oh, number four! I could have gotten it to number one, and you know it. You couldn't have because Barbie Horse Adventures is number one now. I could have gotten it to number two, and you know it. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, that's, so that's good. There's also a YouTube video of that out there. Uh, you can find it. 
we we did we did a show. It we had so many technical problems, but we did it anyway. Dang it! Uh, you can also find me sometimes on Teenagers with Attitude, a podcast about Power Rangers, which just recently started doing Power Rangers Turbo. So that's fun. Uh, and me and Ashley, uh, along with our friend Molly, have just launched a brand new podcast, <laughs> Reprise Kids, uh, where we talk about Spy Kids. Yeah. It's a lot already. It's so much. <laughs> Ashley, what about you? Luke, listen, just dream my dream. Oh, boy. Dream my dream. No. Dream my dream. Okay, all right. <sighs> uh, you can find me at Librarian with an underscore on Twitter and a dash on Tumblr. Uh, you can find me also at audiohp.com, uh, where you got a bunch of great podcasts that... Some of which I'm on, and some of which I'm not. All of them good. And uh, you can also find me at patreon.com slash Minor and also at hyenacackle.com. Woo! I think, uh, we're, I think we're done here. Yeah, I think we're good. All right. How do you end a show, Ashley? <laughs> I, it, you know, um, I end it like this. Uh, just remember God uh, made you, and he loves you very much. And so do we. Potatoes up and down the